is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It's Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019, season 15, episode number 93. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We got 45 minutes, so we got a lot to get into. We're going to talk about some injuries. Got some storylines that Nick has worked up for you on the Cowboys versus Bears. Dave's going to give us a scouting report on the on the uh, on the Bears defense. And by the end of the show, Amber's going to tell you who's going to win the game. So we got a lot to do today. Uh, let's start first with some guys that did not practice yesterday and get caught up on their injury status: Randall Cobb, Jeff Heath, Leighton Vanderesh, Antoine Woods. Dave, what did you see from them today? I assume you went out to practice before the show. Uh, I actually didn't. Didn't, okay. But our our offices are... Uh, you went out to practice. I, I, okay. On, you watched I, practice. I watched practice. practice. Yeah, you went out to practice. I, I multitasked today. There Let's put go. it that way. Good, all right. I multitasked. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Leighton Vanderish isn't going to play in this game. All right. Uh, X. Randall Cobb is back at practice. Good. He, he should be available. That was an illness, correct? Yes. Right, uh, so yeah, he's, he's fine. And actually, I saw him yesterday... While life practice was going on, he was entering the building. So he was yeah. in, at the building yeah, yesterday as well. Yeah. Um, just like last week, I think Jeff Heath is going to be the one. I didn't I didn't see him out there today. He he didn't play in the game, which was honestly a little bit surprising to us. I think we kind of said we thought he could gut through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antoine Woods, no. I, I think Jeff Heath is the guy to watch. But uh, I think it's going to be a very similar cast of characters for this game as it was for the Bills. How do you feel about uh, Darian Thompson also being limited in practice with Jeff Heath being out? I think practice? that I, Darian Thompson is more of like a, you know, there's a lot of guys listed as limited. I and think, all which, those limited guys seem to be okay. They're just limited. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jason Garrett, this isn't encouraging, but Jason Garrett said this morning uh, Tyron Smith popped back up on the injury report with an Achilles. But an Achilles, yeah, limited. I th- it's yeah, you would think it's sore or something. That scares yeah. the hell out. Of yeah, me. I know. You never like, want to yeah, hear that. That's... No, I know. But he was out there today. He's been out there all week, and everybody's fighting through about nineteen things right now. It's just the nature of football. But yeah, yeah, yeah hate hearing that word. Like yeah. that's got to be top five words you don't want to hear in regard to a football player or anybody exactly. really. Yeah. Yeah, when, uh, the good news of all of that stuff you just mentioned, Amari Cooper practiced full yesterday after after you know mm-hmm. what happened to him last uh, game. So looks like he's ready to go. And and he said yesterday in the locker room, I think that the quote was something to the effect of, you know, this time of year everybody's banged up, but I'm good to go. So he also said, yes, this is easily the most amount of stuff I've ever had to fight through in a season. Uh, I co- I couldn't believe that you know he hasn't missed any time this week. No. I thought his season might be over when he took that hit. Honestly, yeah. Uh, so kudos I, to him. He's he's fine. He'll be available. I certainly didn't think he'd be practicing this week. My thought was this was going to be one of those weeks where you don't practice, you see how you feel by game time, and then hopefully he's ready to go. He said he expected to, He said he expected to wake up on Friday morning and you know just be in a tremendous amount of pain, and he was like surprised when he woke up and and felt okay. I mean, amazing. this whole thing's been tough to read for him, and not really in a negative way, but like you know he didn't look like he was anywhere close to playing after the Jets game. He did. He didn't had no interest. 
he had no there was not he wasn't going to go back and play in that game you could just tell and so that looks like he's not going to play the next week but he does he plays and he plays really well against i think it was the packers so then and you know even the whole contract situation i mean it, it, you would thought you would have thought he wouldn't sign by now but he's not i mean you th- he takes his big hit he's not going to play oh man this is going to be really bad but he comes back. I'm not saying that he that he fakes it or anything like that. I'm just saying he's tough to read. What you think you're going to see from him hasn't really happened. Yeah, I mean, is what it is. Honestly, it's getting to a point where it's not as tough to read, in my opinion, just from the standpoint of you're starting to realize he's just a tough dude. That if it's at all possible for him to play, I think he will play. And it puts in context that game where he didn't come back. It tells me he must have really been in pain because he's dealt with some pretty. You would think some pretty painful moments, and he's played through most of them yeah. this season. So it tells me in that moment, like he really thought, I'm going to be a detriment worst, to my team being out there. Worst injury of the season. If we ever do those articles that say, like, what was the toughest one? That one? Jets. Whatever he was dealing with in the Jets game, that was the toughest one to me yeah. because it, they were shorthanded. They didn't have any receivers in the back end, and they kicked the Jets' ass if he plays yeah. in the game, and they don't. And as Dave said last week, you beat the Jets. Changes everything about this team and the you know just perception of the team, the record, and everything. But different if you beat the Jets. I'm going to take a little detour here. With since we started talking about Amari Cooper, uh, there was a report that came out yesterday, false report, but a report nonetheless that basically said that Cowboys probably wouldn't be able to resign him or Byron Jones. Then he addressed it in the locker room yesterday. Tell me what what Amari said about uh, the likelihood of him signing back with the Cowboys when the season's done, you, or at some point. You talk about. Yeah, like Amari Cooper just does the opposite of like what's what you would expect, I think, from a pro football player. That was really surprising yesterday. Like that came up because of the report that came out over the weekend. And he was like, Yeah, I, I love it here. I you know, I've been more productive here than I've been in Oakland. Why would I wanna leave? Like why would I if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That was his exact quote. And you know, the money has to be right. And and he kind of alluded to that. He said, I haven't really thought about the open market. I'm not trying to put the cart before the horse, but He's like, I, I feel like I'm at home here. This is absolutely where I want to be. Yeah. Which, yeah, I'm, I'm aggravated by the, the speculation that's kind of going around about that. Like, you know, we speculate about Dak and Amari all offseason. It reaches a fever pitch at the start of the season. Nothing happens. You kind of settle into a groove where you're playing games. And now the season's a month from being over. And people are just throwing stuff at the wall because you're like, well, yeah, like they're probably headed for a franchise tag. Like, well, of course, because the season's ending. And then, you know, February, that type of stuff has to be designated. And March is when the market opens. People just throw speculation up there because they know how the calendar works. And it creates a national news story because it's the Dallas Cowboys. But the fact is, Cowboys will have to do a deal with either Amari or Dak before the franchise tag designation because they only have one to use, correct? That's not necessarily true. Okay. Depending on CBA negotiations, they they could theoretically use a franchise tag and a tra- transition tag at the same time. Got a transition tag. They could use transition tag on one franchise on the other. They could. Who would you choose to franchise? Which well, and throw Byron throw Byron Jones in there, but again, Byron like you can just do the math and be like, well, Byron has always likely been the odd man out in that scenario right. unless something happens. And again. So it's just national reporters throwing stuff out there because of the Cowboys' name, using common sense and reading tea leaves, which all of us can do, and we've all right. been talking about it since September. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what, what are we, I mean, 
It's not. I mean, Cooper's the first round draft pick of this team. He's, he's going to be on the team. That's why you trade for him because he's going to be on the team. So, I mean, I, I get All those him. injuries concern me, though. I franchise I him way before how I you structure back. the contract. You would. Yeah. I mean, because that's a one year deal of what, 18, 19 million? Yeah. What's the, what's the DAC franchise tag? 28. No, thanks. I'd rather sign him, get the get the damn thing done, sign him, and then you can, you know, change the numbers around. You can kind of you can mess with those numbers because it's going to be because it's such a, while. a big deal. Yeah, I, I I'm definitely getting, but you're going to sign them both. I think. Yeah, that's it's, it's that's the talk. point of this thing is that writers it, like to get their names in, you know, mentioned on the radio. That's what yeah. happens. Well, that's the, that's the point of this thing is that both players. I don't think there's any reason to believe that either the player. Or the organization wants to part ways in either of those cases. So when you have two deal, two people that want to get a deal done, a deal gets done. It's just it's it's because it's the Dallas Cowboys is what makes it aggravating. Because I could have come on this podcast in September and said, "Well, the season has started. You don't see deals happen during the season very often. We'll see what happens." But unless both sides come to an agreement, you could theoretically see a situation where one of these guys is tagged. And even if that's just a placeholder, that happens all the time. It happened to Demarcus Lawrence less than 12 months ago. But time is running out on the season, and somebody with a larger audience repackages the same non-news, and all of a sudden (laughs) people are freaking out like, oh, my God, did you hear Dak or Mari might have to be tagged? Well, no, duh. Like that's, That's the business of the NFL. There's nothing new about it. But it's the Dallas Cowboys, and stuff like that gets said all the time. Okay, have, has he lost money, Amari? I mean, has his has his price tag gone up or down? You think? I don't know if it's changed at all. Has it from the beginning of the year? And what about Dak? I mean, same. I mean, I think Dak has made money. Dak has made money. I think. You think? Maybe a little bit. Unless the Cowboys. I'll say this. What if they I, go I eight, eight, eight and eight? Even if the number, even if the number was the same, even if the number was the same, I think the Cowboys feel better about paying him. Let's say the Cowboys are already thinking, hey, you know, we we would pay him thirty four. We pay him okay. thirty five. I think they feel a lot better about paying him 34, 34 now than they did back yeah, then. Yeah, but if, if they haven't been, and they may have been like, now they may be like, hey, maybe we would pay him if they weren't willing to pay him thirty five before. But now maybe they're like, hey, thirty five is a bargain for what we've seen. Well, he's still six and six. I mean, like, I I, I think he's played better than we. We thought, but it's six and six, so they haven't. He hasn't done. He hasn't put them in a position where you, th- you know, you would think they would be. I mean, I, I you're right, and yes. it's this. No, you're. It's disappointing. Blah blah blah. Uh, Kirk Cousins went seven and nine the year before he signed his. And he's deal overrated and, and overpaid. But he set the market. Okay, he but literally I, set the market. I, okay, but the Cowboys don't have to follow it. I mean, I yeah, but when you, Rams, but when you pay, set the market too, and they didn't go get Jamal Adams because the Rams set the market. But when you pay a quarterback, you're not necessarily paying him because he's the best quarterback in the league. You're paying him whatever the market rate is because you found a quarterback and you don't want to let that quarterback go. I, right? I get it. I get it. But I'm just saying, I, I think Dak's people have. I think I don't think he he's helped himself that much. I think his stats are really nice, but they're not winning games, and that's what quarterbacks are supposed to do. Right? Yeah, but when you look at other, uh, every team thinks that they can take a player and make them better mm-hmm. by their own coaching and all of that. I think that what Dak has been able to do this year, regardless of winning games and all that, just stat wise, completion wise, and his progression as a quarterback, I think it did change. At least, even my own opinion, what I thought of him before the start of the season versus what I think of him as a right now and what he can continue to become as a quarterback. That's the key to me is what I project of him. What I've seen this year suggests to me that his trajectory says he's going to be a really, really good quarterback. And so what you're paying for is the projection, not so much necessarily where he is right now. What about Amari Cooper? Same? 
Yeah. I think Amari is about the same as he was. I mean, I don't think anybody's putting him among the I don't think anybody would say he's the best receiver in football. He's yeah. certainly like he's on a short list, but I mean, I would slot him in there behind Julio and a few other like I don't know that he's made you know a twenty million dollar salary or anything yeah, like that. I mean he's behind Julio and, and Michael Thomas and definitely behind Hopkins and you know and yeah. I mean, I, I think he's played well and, and considering his injuries and all that, but you know, like I said before, I had more of a problem than you guys did about the goose egg that he put up against New England, especially when you saw, you know, that Gilmore was you know, he was not having a great day against the some of the guys from the Texans. So that's the game I give him a little bit more like I have more of a problem with the way he played against in this last game or the way he played maybe if you want to throw out the um the, the Saints game. That to me is more Saints. of a problem just because I look at I look at the weather in New England. I'm like, I don't know that a lot of quarterbacks would have been able to function very well in that kind of weather. It just kinda is what it is. Dak Those are the kind of Cooper. days. I'm sorry, were you talking about Dak? He I'm was talking, talking about Cooper. Cooper. I'm sorry, I thought you were talking about Dak. Okay, got uh, it. Either way. Yeah, I mean I got you. Okay. But to me it's like when you lay out all the games, he's been pretty consistent all throughout the year. And you everyone has a bad game, you know. That's just natural. It's gonna happen once in a while. But I think you you just have to look at it more as an overall rather than pointing out a single he, he's, game. You're right. He's played well, but I'm just saying. I think when you're looking at negotiating, you can say, you know, oh, just yeah. like the Cowboys, when you go up against the best, how did you do? And I and I will say that Dak needs to help himself by winning some games here because if not, then if you're an eight and eight quarterback, that's not going to help as far as you know. Okay, so going along that track though, do you think that? Let's look at those eight losses. Do you think that the majority of those losses, half those losses, were due to Dak not playing well enough? Yes. Most of them? I, I firmly believe that the quarterback needs to play better. If you if you don't win, they need to play better. And I can say that because Dak will stand right in front of the, his locker and the podium and say the exact same thing. Yeah, that's what he's supposed to say. That's what good leaders do. I get no, that. But even that, I mean, but, I mean, Green Bay, New Orleans, New England— Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, and I mean everybody gets a everybody gets a big L for the Jets game. Yeah, every single player yeah. on the team. So, yeah, more He's than half the of their losses he needed to play though. better. He's not, not not necessarily play better, but not the reason why they lost. Well, I guess that's and maybe I said it the wrong way because I, I guess I look at it and I'm he's down the list for me. As far as guys me, that I think, if too. they would have played better, the Cowboys win on some of those games. Now, there are some games where I'm like the quarterback. That's on you, dude. Mm-hmm. But but there are certain games where I feel like there were other parts of the team that failed them more than the quarterback did. And that's where I still get back to, if you look at where he is in this year of his development as an NFL quarterback, to me, the arrow's pointing way up. Yeah. You know? Lo- love Dak. Don't. I'm not saying that they shouldn't. <laughs> oh yeah, you know how you got. Yeah, I'm already, I'm already yeah. getting it. I'm sure. But yeah. the thing about it is, is that I'm. I'm just saying you need to. You need to win games because yeah. it does affect him. If you know, he's the. He's the reason this team is supposed to be winning or losing. And as the quarterback, you don't really want to put an eight and eight out there. Or, Which that right there to me says that you may have changed your opinion on what you thought of him at the beginning of the year. Because I think at the beginning of the year, we probably all would have said, Zeke, you're the reason that they're going to be winning or losing. Yeah. To be putting it on the quarterback means we've kind of changed in our minds what we expect of Dak. Right? What's your level – What's your put it on a percentage, like level of concern about giving Amari and Dak at or near market value contracts? Just like, you know, like 100% – you're like, don't sign this guy at all. Let him go. Or zero percent. You're like, I'm... what are we doing with the coach first? 
Oh, jeez. That means, uh, no, this changes no, the whole uh, show. This changes are we, let's, what, what, what are we doing Let's with not the even talk about the no, Bears. No, no, no. That let's changes not even how much money I'm spending on these players because I'm like, if you're going to waste the talent on the field, then why waste the money? So it, it, first, we got to figure out the coach. Actually, I disagree. I think Amari and Dak have both played well enough that independent of who's coaching this team, I feel good about them being here. No, for absolutely. The but, but regardless, what I'm saying is like, what is that talent and that invested money going to oh, get sh- you to? You well, know? Yeah. But that's what I said. That's if, a whole different show. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a whole <laughs> different if show. If those two guys come back next year with new deals and they play to the level of Demarcus Lawrence and Zeke this year, the Cowboys are going to have problems mm. be- because Zeke has not done. That's a great yeah. point. He has Nick. not done what you thought he would do with that money. Demarcus Lawrence hasn't either. Jalen Smith, let's put that one in there. Three guys all got signed. They haven't played as well as they did last year. So if those two guys get paid and that happens again, that's the scary. Uh, that is the scary. That is a scary, no, scary thing thought. about paying. About paying your own guys. Because you do see it from time to time where guys get paid and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, I'm not saying that they take it any less serious, but for whatever reason, the production mm-hmm. doesn't seem to always follow that. Yeah. You know, Including this season, the Cowboys probably have about a three-year window before all these contracts really start to mess with their mm-hmm. ability to add talent. And, you know, there's four games left to play, but it doesn't look like this is going to be the season that they capitalize on it. Maybe I'm wrong. And not only that, it doesn't look like it. The the one thing I'll say about that, though, too, is there's a new CBA coming. That new CBA may change all of that because you got new TV deals coming up in another, I think, two or three years as well. That all can change the whole financial outlook of the NFL. You know, you may all of a sudden be playing with extra hundred million dollars in cap space that. You know that makes it to where well, all these big deals really don't matter, right? Yeah, but I I, I never agree with that because they're all going to get the same amount of money. So if yeah, if the Cowboys have an extra amount of money, that's fine. But the Buccaneers will have an extra you know hundred. No, my my point is though that means you're not in salary cap. Like you're not in it. Like Dave's oh. point was there's going to come a point where all these contracts are going to catch up to you to where you now can't really go out and sign players. When you add another hundred million dollars to the cap. Then it doesn't matter. You can cover all these plus yeah, some, right? But it, it sort of does. But that's another show because I'm just saying because then now everyone's got all this extra money. Now they're paying an average defensive end 23 million a year when you've got Demarcus Lawrence. You know what I mean? So you think Demarcus then goes back to the well? well and I'm says, just, I want I'm more just money. saying it just keeps going over and over He's and over. To have more sex. He needs to play better. But let's just say the <laughs> offensive tackle sex. market gets up to 18 million a year and you've got two guys sitting at 10. They're gonna be happy to stay at 10. We'll see. All right. <laughs> We're gonna take our first not break. The show you expect <laughs> it is not. This is like a March show. I know. It really is. All right. We're going to take our first break. We're going to come back. Dave and Nick are going to talk about the storylines and are also going to talk about the Chicago defense. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, download 
SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Ready? Okay. Give me an S. S. Give me an O. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of the break live in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We got way off track in that last segment. We're going to jump back on track this segment. Nick, start us off by talking about the storylines, Cowboys versus Bears. All right, the Bears storylines, I'll do this quickly. Their 6-6 six and six is not the same as the Cowboys 6-6. Six and six. Hmm. They're, they're way back in their division because they actually have good teams in their division. The Cowboys are hmm. obviously 6-6 six and six in the lead, but they're still... Six and six, so it'll be an interesting game there. Uh, as far as Mitchell Trubisky, he talked about it yesterday. Uh, he's just kind of struggling. Unless they're playing the Lions, he hasn't been that good. But um, we'll see. You know, we've seen. Was it Josh McCown or what? Who was the quarterback that just killed him at that game? And she- uh, yeah, Josh McCown way back in thirteen. So it happens sometimes. There, uh, their defense is unbelievable. Dave's going to talk about that a little bit. Here's the stat I like about Khalil Mack: six and a half sacks this year. Five forced fumbles, so he not only gets there, but he knocks the ball out. David Montgomery, uh, that was one of the things I, I talked about. He's second in the NFL in, in rushing yards for rookies, though. Um, and then one guy that you do have to watch for, I don't know if he's going to make his list, is Corderell Patterson. He mm. is a beast. He leads the the uh, league and kickoff returns and he will bring it out it doesn't matter where the ball is he's coming out with it he had 102 yard kickoff return he's got seven in his career which is third in nfl history he's one of the best kick returners in the history of the nfl really no I doubt he was in he like seven. history wow seven for touchdowns there's two guys with eight um would that kickoff. be hester would be no he's more he was a punt huh? return guy he, he had kickoffs there's no say, doubt. he had some kick he had some in the super bowl but yeah. one in the super bowl but um Leon Washington and Joshua Cribs had eight. I didn't know Leon Washington was up that high. I didn't think so either. Josh Cribs, I knew did, but but yeah. Corderell Patterson, he's had some. He's had a hundred nine one as well. So you know, like Tony Pollard's waiting for the ball to get past him, and then he boom, it's a touchback. This guy's he needs to get it in. Maher needs to kick it in the kick goal post, goal. or it's not happening. Yeah. The funny, right. the funny thing about the Bears is they can the Cowboys can probably relate. Like they are a really good defense, but. I feel like they're victims of their own expectations this year because I mean they're they're seventh in total defense, they're top ten across the board, they're fourth in scoring, and yet at the same time you're kind of like oh man like they're not doing as well as I thought they would do just be, again because of the expectations like they have 28 sacks on the year that's less than the Cowboys do so we're I mean we're sitting here saying Demarcus needs to play better Malik Collins you know he hasn't been as good as we thought. 
it's kind of the same for the Bears. Malik, uh, Khalil Mack, six and a half sacks. I mean, that's that's not what you expect it's from Khalil Mack. Yeah. This world wrecking, you know, guy that everybody knows from the trade from Oakland and everything. Um, they only have thirteen takeaways this season, which. You know, going all the way back to when Marinelli was there, the Bears are famous for it just seems like they get turnovers, you know, three or four a game. It's not happening this year. Mac has got five forced fumbles, but uh, they don't have anybody that gets picks the way that um, that some of their older, you know, the DBs of old, the, Til- the Tillman's, Tillman's not and knocking the, the ball out, Daniil Manning and all that type of stuff. Um, Hi. Sorry. We're just kind of dead air here. My bad. Um, So, I mean, that said, they are really good. I mean, I just read all the stats off for you. Uh, I think a big part of it is Akeem Hicks has been on injured reserve for Mm -hmm. most of the year. Really underrated nose tackle in that Mm -hmm. defense. I think he opens things up for everybody else. He is coming back next week. So chalk that up as another fortunate miss for the Cowboys. They have not capitalized on the vast majority of those. Uh, so he won't be there in this game. So I think um, you know that that takes that detracts from the quality of of this front a little bit. I think, like I said, he opens things up for other guys. Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith, two really good you know sideline to sideline type of linebackers. Um, Roquan Smith from Georgia, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, he was. A, he's he been playing great. He's he's good. He's not. I don't know that he's playing up to the billing yet. Uh, he See, had this a, mirrors the Cowboys so much because yeah. last year yeah. those linebackers they were talking about them the way they were talking about Van Der Esch and, and Jalen Smith. Hey, don't fall into the trap, Derek. Last week, remember Dave was kind of like, you know, Ed Oliver is good. No, he that's hasn't there uh, yet. absolutely. I mean, <laughs> Ed Oliver. That's he, what he, I always Ed try Oliver to... again. <laughs> One more time, Ed Oliver. I didn't say Ed Oliver no, was bad. You just said that he had, it <laughs> started, not... which shows the depth of what the Bills are. But defense. Yeah. Well, you, you made it better yesterday because you told us that the offense for the Bears is really great. So I'm not a we're good. I'm not a scout. I can just tell you what I watch, which is funny because the last game they put on tape, they didn't play very well against David Blau. I don't even know how to pronounce David. It's either Blow, it blow or Blau. Or blow, yeah. I don't know. He's a seventh round pick out of Purdue. Uh, <laughs> the Bills put up 390 yards. I mean, the Bills, the Lions put up 390 yards on these guys. They ran the ball well, four yeah. yards per carry, 100 yards on the day. I will say it's interesting. Um, his first pass of the day was a 75 yard touchdown. Guy just got behind Prince Amukamara. Looked like there was a little bit of a communication lapse. Uh, and then his first six, he went four of six for 130 and two touchdowns to start the day. He finished with 280. So I think the Bears figured it out after a while. It's it's more fun to poke fun at him for giving up big plays to a seventh-round pick. But they figured him out after a while because he needed 38 passes to throw for 280. So, you know, he's, they still gave up the plays, but I think they kind of buckled down. Um, Amukamara's got a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. He, he classified himself as a game-time decision, so that's something to watch. Mm. What do you want there? You mm. want him to play or not? I'll take, I'll take the gimpy guy who has not played up to his draft stock in the first place healthy or not like he's never been really good against the cowboys when he played with the the giants Giants, and all that like he's been a guy you're like "Mm, go get out there by all means (laughs) yeah i'm fine with amukamara playing uh kyle filler is really fuller is a really good cover guy he doesn't have the picks this year kind of mirroring the cowboys right like good coverage not getting takeaways this uh, this whole like that whole defense just mirrors to me what the cowboys were last year to this year you know yeah um i very much agree with that. They have an edge at safety. 
<laughs> I, mean, I, I know, yeah, I know, I know. But I think Eddie Jackson's a really good player. Yeah. Him and HaHa Clinton Dix are a nice pair back there. They're both. I know the Cowboys say their guys are versatile. That's not true. These guys are both versatile in the sense that either one of them can play up or back. Um, again, I, I was I was surprised when I looked into this and found out how few takeaways they have. They, I mean, they're right there with the Cowboys in terms of not taking the ball away. So, you know, I haven't heard that drop in a while. The ha ha, the ha Clinton Dix one. Yeah. Maybe we don't have it anymore. I guess he left the division. So okay, but the the I mean the talent's definitely there. And and like I said, I mean you're nitpicking because this is still a top ten unit. But I think people in Chicago are probably like, oh, weren't these guys better last year? Like what happened? Where where did our elite elite defense go? Do you think they get? Is this one of those units that you think can turn it on any given week, or they have yeah. some systematic problems? Maybe it's because Hicks isn't there. Like, is this a, a, a team that this week could be their defense could be back to what it was last year? Here's a fun uh, here's a fun stat that I stole from a Bears beat writer off of Twitter. Dallas is 0-5 against top 10 defenses this year, mm. and the Bears are solidly in the top 10. So, yeah, I do think – I mean, I think the Bears are capable of doing something with that. So that off Twitter? Yes, I did. Why? Then, did no. you have it too? Sorry. Cowboy storylines. but it's My bad. Like, My bad. It's okay. Because they were 0-4. <laughs> they're 0-3 yeah. going into the Bills game. They lost that one, so 0-4. Yeah. I mean, the Jets have a top 10 defense. So do the Saints. Yeah. I And, yes, and I think – Tale as old as time. I think they will focus on the run game. You know, for all the talk about how Zeke doesn't have it, I think you're still seeing defenses making an effort to stop that first. I mean, outdoor game. I know the weather's not supposed to be absolutely miserable, but I think you stand a way better chance of having of asking the Cowboys to pass their way to a win in conditions like Could that. Could be windy. Yeah, that's and, the part you got to worry about there. Is it windy in Chicago? I mean, yeah. that's what they heard, say, right? I've heard things about yeah. that. That could be the problem here. Not the cold, the wind. That could be the issue. All right, we're going to take our final break. We will come back. And I want to talk a little bit about something that Jerry Jones said this morning on the radio station, uh, the fan here in Dallas with Sean and RJ. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. OtterBox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. OtterBox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And OtterBox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, Download the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. 
Hey, Cowboys Nation, this season when the Cowboys win, you get to experience the sweet taste of victory because if the Cowboys win the next day, Duncan is offering a free medium hot or iced coffee. So don't just celebrate the Cowboys' success from the sidelines. Head to Duncan and treat yourself to real victory because this season, Cowboys fans aren't only winning on game day, they're winning the next day too with a free medium coffee. Cowboys Nation runs on Duncan. Excludes cold brew. Limit one per guest. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, what you got for us? Well, Big 12 championship games at AT&T Stadium. Oklahoma and Baylor will face off in the Big 12 championship game on December 7th at AT&T. Kickoffs at 11 a.m. Don't miss your opportunity to get tickets before they sell out. Tickets are on sale now at SeatGeek.com. Get your tickets. All right. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about something that Jerry said earlier this morning. He was on his uh, on the local radio show here uh, on the fan with uh, Sean and RJ. And uh, I don't even remember what the question was. But basically, they were talking about Jason Garrett and his future here. And and Jerry kind of threw this out at the end of his statement. But it was it didn't go unhurt. Like, it was almost just at the end, almost like it was kind of just this little... Like, I think he was just wrapping things up, but it was, in my opinion, the most interesting comment um, of what he said. Uh, basically, he said he expects that Jason Garrett will be coaching in the NFL next year. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, my thought on that is Jerry Jones is aware that he is the final authority on whether or not Jason Garrett coaches here, right? Maybe. What if Jason Garrett says, out? Well, Hmm. Theoretically possible. I don't have to sign this thing. I'm tired of this crap. What if he says that? It's possible. Uh, like it's very possible. They finished their <laughs> <I> game. <doubt laughs> they finished their game, and whatever that game is, January or February. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> December or January. Wow. And, and just ruling February out, huh? Well, show me something before we talk about that. <laughs> okay. okay? Right. But but for now, Good let's part. just say they finished the game in December, January, and it's possible that Jason could be like, you know, just this whole thing being a coach in Dallas, it's not my thing anymore. I want to go somewhere where there's less stuff. There's less extra stuff, right? That's possible. It's possible, but I don't buy it, especially because of the moolah that would be attached to a new contract from Jerry. I have. Are you sure that that's going to be? There's going to be a lot of moolah. I mean, it was thirty-five million last time. That's a lot of money. Is that a lot of money? Yes. Yeah. Well, Unless you're Demarcus Lawrence or Jerry Jones. I mean, yeah, it's not a lot like, of money Jerry, to Jerry. Jerry kind of like thirty-five. That's it. All right. Well, write that check. Actually, Sean and RJ said something really funny. They were like, you know, what do you say to people who criticize you for being too optimistic? Mm-hmm. But the way they framed the question, they were like, you know, we're not always as optimistic as you are because we don't have $4 billion in the bank. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, ain't that the truth? Yeah. You can be optimistic when you got $4 yeah. billion in the bank. You got a pretty big safety net. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was very telling. I mean, if, if Jerry Jones really wanted to make a statement, he'd be like, he'll be our coach. He didn't say that. He, yeah, that that's how you, you know, really want to show support. I mean, just sign him. But you know, he said the problem is you don't know who you can guarantee who can guarantee you a Super Bowl. Yeah. So who's got the exclusive skills to get the job done so that collectively you can win a Super Bowl? There are qualified people. Jason Garrett is one of them. In my opinion, Jason Garrett will be coaching in the NFL next year. Yeah. I mean, okay, like where? Like right with you. That seems very uh, like follow up ish. Like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. You know, yeah, the, it was interview, time to go the interview ended on that question. And it was yeah. like, oh. He also, in the same interview, he said, you know, he's he's my guy. He's the man for the job. 
But, man, it's just not a ringing endorsement when, you know, the guy that ultimately makes the call on who's coaching the Cowboys is like, yeah, he'll he'll have a job in the league. Couldn't he just say, couldn't he just say, I will not make any coaching move for the now or the rest of the season. Like, at the end of the season, let's talk about it again. But I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going to make a move right now. We're in first place. It's not what we want, but we still have a chance to get there. I'm not making a change would just be a bad idea for where we are. It's not happening. We'll talk about it at the end of the season. Well, he's already, he's already said that he's not making a change this year. Did he not? I mean, it, in the in the comments he made post game this last game, yeah, I thought yeah. he was very clear about the fact that we're not getting better by firing him in the middle of the season or firing him during the season. We're gonna, you know, basically saying we're gonna. This is our guy. We think that he has yeah. the the right stuff to be able to get us through. Now, he may not have said it as definitively as I'm not making a move this season, but he all but said that. Like he made it very clear that Jason, because well, he was even asked the follow up by by Mike Fisher. Of so you're saying that you can't be you don't get better by getting rid of Garrett this year, and he said that's absolutely right. We don't get better. They don't have a coach on this staff that can that can do that right. That will make you better. Right? No, that'll make they you don't. better. I just right I, now I should I, say. No, I mean they don't. They don't have a coach on the staff uh, that could do that. Uh, that could make you better right now. That's the point I'm roster, making. But, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't get us. Stop. <laughs> he might not. He might not Making be writing grenades, it. Man. <laughs> he might not be writing it in like 15 point sharpie. But I feel like Jerry Jones is writing on the wall right now. There's another quote he said uh, this morning. He said, "If I were leaving training camp today, I'd like to have this run that I've got right now." Four games to get to the playoffs. As healthy as we are, get our act together relative to what we're doing on both sides of the ball, and let's go. Couple that with a bunch of the other things that he said, including I think he'll be coaching in the NFL next year. I just think Jason Garrett's going to have to put together a legitimate run at or at least close to the Super Bowl to be here next year. I will say this. That's just what I think. They did ask him the question, what is the bar? Right. And and he, and he didn't and he said, said it. No, what he said was, basically, there is no bar. What he was doing was giving himself leeway. He was right. like, there is no real bar that I've set for this thing. You know, he basically was saying that I'm going to judge at the end of this whole thing how I think, not only how I think he's how he's done and our team is performing, but I just want to see, like, what else is out there. That was where he got into some of those okay. other comments about, do I have another guy out there who I think can get me farther than where Jason's okay. getting me? Okay. Sorry, go ahead. Nine and seven. This team goes nine and seven. They yeah. actually turn it around a little bit, go three out of four. They play the 49ers, which is the team that they would play right now. 49ers come in um, <laughs> as the number five seed with probably four or five games better than Dallas, maybe. Yeah. And Dallas wins. They get it. They finally beat a team with a winning record. They go to Seattle, lose. What do you do, Garrett? Out. What do I do, or what does Jason? Or what does Garrett? No, Jerry do? That's the fun. The, yeah, that's, right. the, that's the the rub here. Fun is not the right word, but that is what is useful about this current situation. In 2016, Jerry would have had to fire Jason Garrett following a playoff loss to the Packers, which that's not a good look no. for anybody. Right. If they if that scenario plays out, you can just let him walk away and say, well. We're not upset with the job that you did, but you're out of contract, and and we think we everybody we better. Every, or better yet, would be, you know, it's like or better that. yet, he goes and signs with somebody else, like yeah. he and and they just let him do it. You know, you see players all the time. They're like, well, just go check the market, oh, and yeah. if you come back around, you come back around, and the player doesn't come back around. It could be a similar situation. This is, here. This is just like the AT and T commercial, really. 
I mean, Sosa? It's, oh, okay. Just okay is not okay. <laughs> that's really what it's come down to. Is he's so now been that's the slogan? He's been just okay, but with yeah. the Dallas Cowboys, it's not okay. It's definitely not okay to the fans. So that's kind of where where we stand here. He's been okay. He doesn't but sometimes so, really good. Right. Jerry doesn't have to set the bar. He's not going to do it publicly. But like I, the way this has all gone, the way the season's been up to this point. I just can't imagine him getting an extension and having that press conference and everything that goes with that without winning at least two playoff games. Yeah, you getting them the into Niners a game and there's Seattle, no way. that they haven't been to Seattle, in 25 though. years. Here's the thing: if they get to the NFC title game, yeah, I, I kind of agree. With now that. I'm starting to think, all right, yeah, because Jerry doesn't want to let go of him right. in the first place. It's going to have to be clear: Jerry has to get rid of him just because it's just not working. If right? they get to a game that they haven't been to since the mid 90s, then I'm starting to think. And if they get to the Super Bowl, then definitely, yeah. I think they have to play in the NFC title game. I think it was Marcus Spears today that said even a Super Bowl, he probably wouldn't keep him. I think he said that. He wouldn't keep him. That I, Spears Jerry would keep him. wouldn't, I think. I think yeah, Spears, I think Spears I has been that. all over the TV. No, I think, honestly, I think you're right. I think if you get to the NFC championship game, I think that Jerry makes a decision that he'd probably keep him around. But I just think it, it, you have to read between the lines. You always do with Jerry. Mm-hmm. But I just think the messaging is there that he expects something extraordinary over the next six weeks if he's not going to make a change. You know, this is, yeah, it's about winning, but at the same time, it's all a business. It's money, a lot of money It's involved here. And I think that if that was to happen where Jason Garrett is back, I wonder how many fans are just going to be like, you know what, I'm done. And that event... you can say that, you know, like, oh, yeah, there are some fans that are going to stick around no matter what, even though they're upset. But at the same time, I wonder how big of a change that would be and how much that money making takes a I, I will tell you this. Yeah. I will tell you this. I, there have been times I've been extremely frustrated with my college team. Extremely frustrated. Frustrated to the point where I'm like, I'm done. I, I don't want to watch any more games. You know what I do that next Saturday? Still come watch back. the next game. Well, <laughs> geez, I gotta turn this game because it's not. I'm not. What I realize is I'm not doing this for their benefit. I'm doing this because I enjoy it. I'm doing it because, and maybe that makes me a glutton for punishment. I don't know, but I'm doing this for my own enjoyment. And so the question doesn't become do they turn off. The question is like, do they want to stop watching football? Do they want to stop being a fan of football? Wow. And most people, I don't think, are going to get to that point based upon this. Now, there may be some. Yeah. Absolutely. And it is a personal decision. Everybody has a right to make or a decision the for themselves. Crowd too. Yeah, yeah. That's when you start wondering, right? But it's also a what have you done for me situation. What have you done for me lately? That's always what it is. And so right now, it's hard to even imagine that. But they're 6-6. Six and six. I mean, yeah. they've got to go win on the road just to have a winning record. But if they turn this thing around and just think about what the vibes will be if you beat a team like the 49ers, and then you go to Seattle and you beat that, and we see the Romo drop. It drama. does yeah. change everything. And then yeah. it's yeah. like everything yeah. has, has totally has a different vibe. And then you go to the championship game and all that. I'm like, God, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We are. Let's beat the Bears. How about <laughs> yeah. win a ball game, as Jerry said? Well, real quick, let's get these uh, predictions for the game. Nick, let's start with you today. Who do you think is going to win this game? Oh, man, what a segue from that to that. But um, – um, I haven't really thought of a score yet. I better do it here on the fly, but um, I'm not picking them to win. I'm sorry. I mean, they, they need to win. They need to win the game. I've seen it. I've done all this. I've stood on the table. They said they're going to blow out the, the Bills, and they didn't. So I I just I think they're better than Chicago, I think, but that hasn't proved anything right now. So I don't have a good vibe that they're going to go up there and get it together. If they said they are, if they, if they prove me wrong and say, ha, great do it but i don't think they'll win so 23 19 bears 
Uh, I actually, I do think they're going to win, but I'm not going to pick them, if that makes you, sense. No. Yeah, no. A hundred, no. That, or whatever. I don't care. Like, <laughs> all right, I'll just go along with you. I think they're better. Okay. I don't think they're going to win. They, like, they have given me no reason to pick them to win this game. And, you know, oh, no, they'll prove me wrong, and I'll demand an apology for the five times this year I've picked them to win and they right. lost. Um they're better than the Bears, I think. Like across, you know, their offense. I like the the matchup of Dallas offense versus Bears defense more than the alternative. Again, but didn't I say that about the Bills too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think like the Cowboys should be able to score twenty four against this Bears defense and hold the Bears offense to like sixteen. That's what they should be able to do. But I just I don't trust it, uh, especially not on the road. They'll probably lose the turnover battle. They do that pretty consistently. Khalil Mack has five forced fumbles, and it'll, you know, like 19 to 16 Bears. A lot of field goals, like tons of field goals, five or six of them. How many attempts, though? <laughs> eight made – eight – no, I'm sorry. Five made field goals between the two teams on eight total attempts. Right, good. New kicker next week. Uh, nine, 19-16 Bears. All right. Well, after the loss against the Bills, I did tell myself I am no longer picking them to win Mm -hmm. for the rest of the year, regardless if they were playing the Redskins this week. I was like, no way. But, but, I do believe in probability, and the fact that the Bears have two games that they've won on a road, and the Cowboys have lost two on a row, I think maybe the Cowboys figure out a way to win in Chicago. Now, I'm in between there. Like, I don't want to pick them to win, but because of probabilities, I think they would get this win. And they win, I don't know, like... I think we're all 2017. We're all grappling with the reality that we're going to look like idiots no matter what happens. Yeah, Cuz no the, the Cowboys are either going to play up to their potential and make us all look dumb for checking out on them or we're going to pick them to win again and they're going to I put up another them, stinker. The, I picked them to lose to the Eagles at home and they crushed them. So yeah. and well, I slept okay every night. <laughs> <laughs> not, not really that's fair. That's yeah. Yeah, it's a whole different story. <laughs> um you, you know honestly I I decided I decided after that Bills game uh, I believe in the theory that Bill Parcells laid out by Thanksgiving, you know what a team is. So what I'm going to do from here on out is I'm basically going with what I've seen. What I've seen is the Cowboys, when they're playing a team that's above 500, they don't really play very well. They don't win those games. Teams below 500, by and large, except for the Jets, they win yeah. those games. Now that proposes a quandary for me. At right, that proposes a quandary for me. first game of the so, year. So. Oh and oh. There you go. That's that's my tiebreaker. There right? you go. So they won the only game that they played this year where the team was at 500. So I'm going to roll with that for this week. I can tell you right now, I'm thinking next week I'm probably not picking them because that'll that'll be a team that's probably above five. I think they they'll definitely be, be over, over 500. So I think this week they get a win. I think next year next week they make it interesting by getting a loss, and then you see what happens in Philly because Philly is really the game that matters. Yeah. Cool. Uh, All right. Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back on Monday. I'm sorry. We'll be back on Friday this week, and we're going to let you guys know what went right and wrong for the Cowboys. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?